Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome to this episode 165 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast with too much talking and pets is barely enough. Now with 6% more lockdown as we <laughs> you know, sit here and, and, and enjoy the sunshine out of each other's windows. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton and I'm joined as I am every week by Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? I'm good, mate. I'm good. We're uh, a little bit of lockdown fatigue, I reckon, over our way, but uh, 6.0 we're at, aren't we here? Far out, you know, and Mm. then they just tacked on another week and we're getting ready to tack on another week, I reckon, because it doesn't seem like anything's happening. I had to go and do my civil duty today, Lewis. um, uh, I woke up this morning with a little bit of a sore throat, so I went went, went and got myself swabbed this morning, rocked up down to down at the the Springer's Leisure Centre in Keysborough and got, got the swab inserted. BQ, so, uh, BQ, mate. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't that much of a far Q. It was only a fairly, fairly small one, actually, at that time of the morning, which was nice. <laughs> a what sort of Q? Yeah, yeah, just a short yeah. Q. Yeah. yeah. Hey, nice, nice. Well done. I see yeah. what you just dropped in there. That was that was yeah, very just, good. A, just a sneaky one. Hello yeah. to anyone that's listening to this over the breakfast table. Yeah, um, that's all right with the yeah. kitties. Hey, kitties. Morning, everyone. <laughs> kitties, everyone. Uh, my two are in the background, and they didn't twig on it, so that's fine. If I can get get a sneak it past them, then it's okay. Um, did you did you wear the uh, did you you make the the small mistake of wearing the 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 scrubs this morning? Did you you know the the little uh you know the stethoscope around your neck? Did you did you just look? You know, is there is there any way I could just fast track? You know, like you have previously in the past and sneak on and, yeah. and then and then they said, well, actually this week the one the swabs actually it's not down your nose, it's actually up your yeah yeah yeah, yeah the, just for special people, it's a bit faster. This is what we call yeah. a urethral, uh, a urethral one. We're also checking for chlamydia as well as, yeah, don't you do that with a blood test anymore? But oh, no, we only do this for the special people. So. Yeah, that's right. oh, yes. Special Lucky. Sweet. Thank you very yeah. much. That's right. So you didn't, didn't do that this week, this Not time, this to time. just try and speed things up a little bit. Just uh, dropping the, do you know, you know, yeah, perhaps you stick, know out, I am? Yeah. stick out the, you know, the, the, the two vets sort pets t shirt, maybe with the, you know, Dr. Robbie on the back. Just go, hey guys, yeah, yes, just, yeah, could I just jump in? Just, uh, could, I'll just jump in in front of you. Is that, is that all right? I'm just in a bit of a hurry. Yeah, Gotta get back I, to saving lives. Can I, can I get back and get into the priority lane, please? Because, you know, I've only had the, uh, the old six items or less, and then you walk in there with armfuls <laughs> and trolleys and stuff. Um, but you no, didn't do that, mate. That very, very short, short. Uh, line this morning, so I managed to get in there and get everything done. So that was good. So, but now I'm now I'm housebound for the day, and yeah, right. I, I, and now probably feeling better than what I was this morning. But I just woke up with a sore throat, and I thought, well, I know I'm going to have a bit. Like I've had a really big week this week, so I think I'm probably just down a little bit from that. Yeah, but um, tired, I make sure I'm negative before then uh, we rock around on Monday. But um, yeah, part of the reason why I'm feeling so tired, I've had a couple of late nights this week, mate, because I'm um, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be a good boss for all of our staff during all this lockdown. I'm organising a pub quiz for tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so, right. So Camille and I have been busily doing a, doing a Kahoot quiz 
for yes. everyone. So we're going to get on uh, get get on Zoom tonight. So send out the link. That's the reason why um, uh, for, for, for listeners at home that can't see the screen, I'm actually on as uh, Jennifer Britton. That's one of our nurses, the one that's got our work Zoom account. So, so my Zoom's currently logged in as her because I'm sending out the email to everyone tonight. And so I've been up late quite late this week trying to get everything sorted. I did a dry run with the questions with uh, Christina's family last night. And so any of the questions that everyone got completely wrong or that no one knew any of it about, cut them all out and replace them. So I was up until about one o'clock this morning doing it. You want to run through some today, mate? Just give me just, uh, you know, let's uh, we do a whole podcast of quiz questions. What sort of questions are we? What are we talking? Uh, Vet related? Vet or? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. There is one vet-related one that I did want to bring up. It is an awesome story. But yeah. um, the uh, so there's the, we've got four rounds. Um, basically, we've got a um, uh, we've got uh, a general knowledge. You always got to have a general knowledge round. Um, then we've got a, an Olympics round because you know the Olympics has just finished. Yes. I've also got a streaming round because nobody watches TV or movies anymore. Everybody's just streaming. Yeah, so right. Yes. Streaming questions. Um, and then we've got some a music uh, music uh, edition as well, a music round. And so I've gone and uploaded a whole lot of videos from YouTube. And so. On our computer watching it last night, it was fantastic. Like it was terrific. The sound was brilliant. Yeah. Clarity was terrific. And then realized, oh no, hang on, because then it's going out through via Zoom, it starts to get a little bit glitchy. And so oh, other people's no. sound and vision isn't quite necessarily as good. So while it's fantastic for us, it's not quite as good for everyone else. But I've already done all the rounds. So bugger it, they're just gonna have to live with it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh well. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, so, have you got a yeah? You got a vet question? No, you haven't. Oh, no, no, no. So, so let me tell you about. Have you heard about the nineteen fifty six Olympic torch Olympics. relay hoax? Uh ooh, now I like now. Yeah, if you start me off, I might know this a little bit. I, yeah. I've got an Olympic torch story anyway, but that's separate. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so this is from, from Wikipedia, so it's got to be a, a reliable source. Snopes.com, yes. The 1956 Olympic flame hoax was a hoax during the 1956 Summer Olympics in which Barry Larkin, a veterinary student from Melbourne, ran with a homemade torch and fooled spectators, including <laughs> a police escort and the Lord Mayor of Sydney, into thinking that he was the torchbearer of the Olympic flame. What? Wow. Who's that? Will Harkin? William Harkin? Ba- ba- Barry Harkin. I wonder if that Bill Harkin wasn't, isn't he a vet out in uh, any country Victoria? Bill Harkin, I wonder if he's I, I his think dad. Bill Harkin was there, or, or maybe brother or something like that, because mm. uh, Barry Larkin, I, I, uh, he actually passed away back in 2019. Mm. Uh, I did a bit of a deep dive on that because I thought, how cool would it be to actually talk to him about it? But, Have um, a chat, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, he's, wow. he's passed away. Yeah. So, how so, far did he get? So, Don't go too much, but how far did he get? Yeah, so um, so what happened? So the, the fake torch was made of a wooden chair leg painted silver, on top of which was a plum pudding can and a pair <laughs> of un- and a pair of underpants, which was worn by one of his mates uh, in national service, was put inside the can and soaked in kerosene. The underpants were set on fire, and another student dressed as a motorcycle outrider, uh, out- outrider by wearing a reserve Air Force uniform. So what happened, they, wow. got, they got into Sydney for what was going to be the last, um, uh, the, like the last leg before it got handed yeah. over to the, to the Lord Mayor. And they were doing this in protest because listeners may or may not know, but the Olympic torch relay was actually brought in by 
Germany in 1936. So it was the Nazis that bought it in. So they were protesting against the fact that this was something that the Nazis bought in uh, for the Berlin Olympics in in, uh, 1936. So um, before the penultimate uh, torch carrier arrived, two students went out carrying the fake torch. At the beginning, people noticed that they were joking and spectating police laughed at them. Then the underpants fell out of the torch because the fake runner was swinging his arms too hard. The runner panicked and fled. Peter Grelton, one of the nine students involved, went to get the pants and told Larkin to pick up the torch. With Larkin holding the torch, Grelton kicked Larkin's backside and told him to run. Larkin did so, running the rest of the way to Sydney Town Hall. He ran the rest of the route, protected by police who thought he was Dylan, the guy who was supposed to be holding the torch. Larkin then presented the torch to uh, to Hills, who was the um, uh, Pat Hills, who was the Lord Mayor of Sydney. Dawn Dawn Fraser? No, uh, no, no, not Dawn Fraser. No, 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 to, to, to Pat Hills, the Lord Mayor of Sydney. As Hills was unprepared for the early arrival, he was taken by surprise and did not look at the torch, going straight into his speech at a packed Sydney town hall. While Hills was talking, Larkin walked quietly away, avoiding attention. Hills did not realise the torch was a fake until someone whispered in his ear to tell him. Hills looked around for Larkin, but by now Larkin had merged into the crowd and escaped. Fantastic. When the crowd discovered the torch was fake, they grew unruly. When Dylan arrived with the real torch, the crowd was still unsettled. Hills had to calm down the crowd and the police had to clear a path to allow Dylan to get through. When Button took the torch, an army truck had to clear his path. So the aftermath. Well, well, question on everyone's lips, I think probably, you know, we don't want to go into it too much. Not not totally vet related, but question probably on everyone's lips is uh, the undies, mate. They, um, Sunny side up, or was do we do we? Is there anything in Wikipedia about that when they landed, or were they very very hard to say? I mean, it was it was quite crispy afterwards, but uh, right. yeah, I think it was hard to tell if it was sunny side up or uh, or on the dark side of the moon. Very anyway, difficult to work out. Um, is this and, is this vet related the ending or not? Well, no, no, it's just because the guy was a vet student. Yeah, so that's pretty well, cool. Got a small, just really quick story. I don't know the listeners are turned yeah. off by now. Seven, <laughs> seven, seven minutes in, and we're just uh, eight minutes in. We're still talking Olympic yeah. torch. But the Olympic torch, when it came through for the Olympics uh, 2000 in uh, in Sydney, actually yep. came through Mafra, where I, I was working. Math. Yeah, right. Where I was working as a large animal vet, and uh, we had two vet students with us. Uh, one of them, a good friend of mine, Raj, and another one, Frankie. Yes. Yep. And they and they were there as vet students, which was great. It was good fun. It was good having them there. And um, it was oh, that's where we became friends, actually, me and Raj. And um. And it came through the main street of the town. Yeah. And these two vet students got the rectal gloves. Right. You, know, look, you know, the long arm yeah, the, rectal the big, gloves. Big, yes. For, for, yep. for, the, for the listener out there, the long arm rectal gloves, you know, and inflated them like you would a small glove, but yep. inflated the whole thing. So it's a big, so it's yep. a big like wavy man sort of, you know, rectal yes. glove. And they've, they've tied the ends and held onto that. And as the torch has come through the main street of Mafra, They've both run next to the torch with these inflated, inflatable rectal gloves. Nice. And one of them, one of them got tackled by security. And the other, the other guy just got nudged by a motorbike and sort of just kind of shoved just pushed, off. Pushed out of the way. Yeah. And so there you go. So there's, the oh, no, incredible. And then we had, we did have a, uh, some some farmers actually come into the, come into the clinic and say, oh, I'm never coming to this clinic ever again oh, because really disrupted the Olympic torch. Disrespected the yeah, torch. And we're, like, we're like, all right, mate, here's the address of the clinic down the road. It's just a bit of fun. No one's yeah. 
yeah, it's pre, pre, uh, pre, um, uh, you know, sort of terrorism times. It's okay, we're all good. It's all it's, good. It's, so. it's all fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, just, just a couple, just a couple of you know, twenty-one year olds running down the street with a blown oh, up arm balloon. It was, it was very funny. It was just hilarious. So. Oh, that's dynamite. But, yeah. Anyway, this week it's at work, mate. I had a uh, interesting. Um, you know, when you first start as a new graduate, and it got me uh, sort of thinking, I was listening to uh, Flynn's talk, Flynn's talk yes. back, season three's back, and they've got a new graduate, Leanne Mellon, on talking about her first sort of six months in the job. So it's great. Have a listen. If you're yep. a new grad out there or you're thinking of being a vet, listen to, you know, the things they go through. But it got me thinking that uh, I had a case this week where I walked in to see a lady um, in, in the consult room and, you know, and you walk in there. The first thing she said, oh, Oh, where are the Julies? You know, Julie's my yeah. bosses. I've got you know yeah. two, two bosses called Julie. And and but when I was a younger vet, you'd get that all the time, you know. Yes, yeah. uh, and female vets perhaps get it too. But where's the real vet? Where, you know, yeah. uh, you know, are females. You're the vet student, are you the yeah, nurse? That's, that's right. Vet. Yeah, you know, where's the real vet? You know, um, when I say female vets, I mean often female gets a bit um uh, perhaps misconstrued as being a nurse, I suppose. Yes, correct. I'm sort of yep. trying to say that, especially when they're younger as well. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, uh, and over the years, you know, you sort of, you know, when you first start, it kind of up, might upset you a little bit. You think, oh, well, I'm a vet, you know, it's all right. But I've walked in, you know, where's, where's, you're not the Julies. No, I'm not the Julies there. Um, do they work here anymore? Yes, they do work here. Yep, yep. Uh, would you like me to rebook another appointment for you to see one of the jewelries? I was like, oh well, I don't, I don't yeah. care if you, if you don't see me. Those. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to see me. That that's all fine. I'm here now. Oh no, I don't know. No, I'm going. Oh well, okay. You know, I'll have a look at your dog. So unfortunately, I had a look at a dog and it had a, actually had a mass in its abdomen. So oh, okay. was a bit sort of was one of those consults where I was. Um, you know, I don't have the rapport, obviously, with this owner because they they don't want to see me, obviously, mm. from the start. They're quite reluctant. And and then for me to give them some sort of news that's really not, bad news. not the best news, you know, that yes. your, your older dog's got a, a mass in its abdomen, it's, it's, it's highly likely it's going to be some sort of growth. Um, you know, we walk through to the growth and then uh, it's probably a bit of a bigger growth. It might It's likely to be a tumour, yes. um, most likely going to be cancer. I sort of tend to walk owners through yep. it. I don't like to go, oh, that lump's cancer. Because then know. they hear nothing else. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and and uh, and so interesting. I said, "Oh, look," and it was sort of actually reminded me when you're a new graduate, and I've got no rapport with this owner. I've got to kind try and convince them that perhaps let's do some blood tests, let's do some X-rays because we don't have ultrasound at the clinic. But mm. working up to if we think there is a lump there, which there is, but uh, you know, working yep. up to yeah, we need to get an ultrasound sort of sort of done. And uh, and it ended up, uh, <laughs> I said to the owner, I said, "Look, I'll do all these tests. I'll run all these tests for you, and then what I'll do, Julie is in this afternoon." And I'll get her to ring you with the results. And she was Beauty. right with that. She was right Excellent. with that. It was, uh, it was a great, you know, a little bit of a handball in some respects by myself, but it was yes. sort of like kept us both happy that, you know, I, I didn't have to. Um, and then when I spoke to Julie about it, and I said, oh, this lady was in, she's like, oh, yes, uh, I do know that lady. He's very particular about the vet she likes to see. So yeah. it doesn't just happen to new grads. It happens to older grads as well, older vets as well, definitely. Yeah. Well, mm. at least we're at the point, Lewis, where you don't get set, don't get asked, oh, are you, you're not old enough to be a vet yet, mm. you know? Mm. I, I got that up until the point I was about 28, I think, because at that stage and I started to uh, – Started to lose just enough hair that um, that I was able to uh, able to pass off as actually being someone older.
older than older than 21. So well, it's unfortunate, mate. To, fortunate you've reached that point because I still get that quite frequently. Actually, oh, I still you? get the oh, yeah. yeah uh, when did you graduate? I get or you know, uh, are you <laughs> when's the old event come? Oh, it's all right, guys. I've got. Let me have a little go- track at it, and then uh, and then we'll, we'll get the the old of it. Yeah, the the experience. Yeah. yeah, I've only been out a couple of years. Thanks, yeah. thanks for that. And, let, and then I go come. down the bottle shop and they ask me for ID as well. So uh, it's all it's life's good, mate. Excellent. Yeah, that, that, that's because you keep hanging around out the front with all the kids in their hoodies and stuff. You're yeah, walking in there trying to buy them all the UDLs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hundred yeah. bucks, hundred bucks of four UDLs, guys. That's a bargain. <laughs> I had yeah. um, I, I, I had an interesting one this week. So we, you know, when you talk about new grades and things like that, so we've had um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, young Sean, he's doing great. You know, six, you know, nearly, nearly been working for about six months, and um, had this dog the other day that. Uh, you know, she's 11 years old and um, just off her food a little bit, a little bit of a rumbly tumbly and, you know, and it was, but not, not really all that much to go on. And so we ran bloods and, and, and took an x-ray and there's a bit of gas in there, but not a huge amount. And, um, and the bloods were pretty vanilla. And so I said, oh, look, you know, it's, she just, you know, like feeling her tummy, she just felt like there was, um, it, it sounds really stupid to say, but it felt like something was wrong. Yeah, you know, it just felt yeah. like a bit doughy and just a, just so, just something wasn't quite right. Yeah. And so we got her in for an ultrasound. We repeated the X-ray, and you know, again, not much of the gas had been moving through. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, because she just this dog like she was eating a little bit, but just not a lot. You know, and she's yeah. usually, usually really good on her food. So on the ultrasound, I'm sort of do, doing this ultrasound, and um, yeah, because we've we've got the ultrasound at the clinic. And saw, hang on, she's got this huge amount of fluid in her um, in her stomach, and also a huge amount of fluid in her in her small intestine. And I could then follow it up and see where there was this weird thing sitting in her um, mm-hmm. in her intestine. And I go, look, there's there's something here. There's got there's got to be something here. Um, and you know, she's like, oh, you know, how you know. Is it, is it something you know, you're pretty sure it's going to be this because she ate last night? You know, what do you think? I said, look, you know, there's something that's not right with this dog, you know, and I can see something on here. I think, yeah, and then you start to doubt yourself as well. And you go, yes, oh, no, yeah, mate. not sure. And, yeah. and I thought, no, you know what? We've got to, you know, everything's here. I can see something that looks weird on the ultrasound. It looks like it, it could be a mass. They're just filling up with fluid. If the dog's not vomiting now, because she wasn't vomiting either. Yeah. I think she's probably only a day away from starting to vomit. So I think we should probably get in there and have a look. So I went in there and the dog had a mass in its duodenum. So the duodenum mm. being the um, the first part of the small intestine. Yep. But for those anatomy buffs out there, your duodenum after it's, so first part it runs, you've got the pancreas that runs along there and there's a big blood vessel that takes a blood supply to the duodenum as well as the pancreas. And then there's a part where the duodenum then sinks down and it's got this big ligament that attaches it onto the colon. So it's actually really hard to try and get that part of the duodenum up. And this lump was sitting fair square right in the middle of those two oh, things. So wow. right next to this big blood vessel and then oh. down, deep down inside of the abdomen. So I rang up the owner and said, look, this is, this is in a pretty tough spot for me to try and get, you know, do you want me to, we can close her up and send you off to go and see a specialist and they'll have a much better chance of trying to get it. And she said, oh, look, we, we can't, can you give it a shot? I said, absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll give yep. it an absolute best shot. Um, so then, yeah, Sean and I were in there. Sean, Sean then got to you. I was going to say, then you scrubbed out, went and did a house call and left Sean to finish it off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you'll, you'll be right with this, won't you, mate? <laughs> so, so I had to, had to, 
um, had to remove that ligament, you know, like so yeah. two years wow. ago, I've, I've never had to actually no. you know, sever that ligament before. No. I've always been able to get access. Um, yes. And then had to so carefully dissect down to get the blood supply off from where it wasn't going to compromise the blood supply to the pancreas and yet still try and get some sort of margin with this mass. So, um, and then try and stitch it all together. You know, wow. like all these little, little stitches trying. And so Sean was holding on to this intestine for about an hour and a half Whoa. just with his fingers. Yeah. But he's the good thing is he's a rock climber, Lewis. So he's, so he's got, so he's got <laughs> nice strong fingers there. As yes. Pretend you're hanging off the precipice of K2 and you just can't let this go. <laughs> if you if you drop this, mate, we, we, we've, we've sold the farm. We're done. So, um, yeah, yeah. And three days out, she's doing well. She's Fantastic. Eating, wow. Down and everything's so all you, looking really good. So. so you took out a bit of intestine as well? Is that you did uh, anastomosis uh, or uh, no? Yeah, yeah, anastomosis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, right. so it was – so this thing, and I actually cut into it. And, and what what was happening, it was kind of it looked like sort of like a cone inside of the intestine. And so what the lump was doing, the lump was actually closing off the actual lumen of the, yeah, right. um, the actual tube of the intestine. And so that's the reason why the dog had still been eating bits and bits and bits and because some a little bit of fluid had been getting through, but then it just reached that tipping point where no, now it's completely Finally closed blocked. and nothing's going through. So it literally it would have been, you know, a day or two, the dog would have been started vomiting its guts up. So it was just wow, lucky wow. that, you know, I always say, we've, we've said it before on the podcast, Lewis, that if owners tell me that something's wrong with their dog, I believe them, you know, mm. and, and sometimes mm. you're, you're, you're lucky and you're, you know, well, I'm not, I just think it was really good detective work. Yeah, that's impressive. Some, What's sometimes it? you manage to sneak across it before it becomes a big problem. Yeah, very similar with that owner that I saw with the lump in its stomach. It was um, very much, oh, the dog's just a bit on or off food. Yeah. Uh, it's actually urinated inside twice, you know, yeah, just, just right. sort of gone to go outside. Then can't, no, nah, I'm running in and urinating on my bed. So yeah. it's got a weird symptoms and she was, you know, and we thought, oh, you know, urinary tract infection was Absolutely. sort of her thought. The owner yeah. thought was, the, the so, yeah. So, but interesting that, uh, yeah, just, just wasn't right. So certainly get to your vet. If you, if your pet's not right, you know, get to your vet and there's things we can do. It's not necessarily a, a, um, you know, we're certainly hoping the one I saw the, the, the lump is on the spleen possibly. So, yeah. um, yeah. So anyway, but, um, we, uh, might move on to big thank you to Zilkeen. Zilkeen. Good old Zilkeen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Alpha Cazozapine, a mild anxiety relieving medication. It's nice and safe, nice and calm. What a great way. What a great facilitator, Lewis, to try and get your dogs on, particularly young puppies. You know, here we are in the midst of, of lockdown mm. number six. And I was talking to a couple of people up at the park. I actually, you know, um, a, a, a young girl came up to me, Lewis, and um, and to, to Pat, to Pat Rosie. Go, oh, what, you know, what's what's your dog's name? Or oh, my dog's name's Rosie. Oh, my name's Rose. Oh, that's really nice, Rose. Oh. Yeah, I've got a. Oh, she's so soft and so beautiful. Thank you very much, Rose. It's very nice of you to say. Um, yeah, I've got a I've got a golden retriever, and I'm like, do you, Rose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 keeps on. You know, he, he loses hair everywhere because he keeps licking on his tummy and licking on his on his belly and chewing at his feet and things like that so oh well you might have to say to your mum and dad look i i think might i think the dog might have a dog might have an allergy maybe we could better go and go and see a vet and christina's just shaking her head out. We go, well, look, i didn't give her a business card i was I gonna mean, say completely yeah where's where's a sticker or a business card a sticker i couldn't give it a sticker yeah i know I'm gonna take some with me there's a question for the podcast my golden retriever is itchy yep, yes see vet 
Yeah, Rose, Rose from Parkdale. Anyway, yeah. um, but Z- but but Zilkeen, Zilkeen as, as is you know does isn't necessarily there for dogs with itchy skin. <laughs> but you know, if you've got a dog that say say that dog was getting anxious when when Rose and her mum came up to the park, Lewis, maybe they could use Zilkeen to try and help to uh, you know relax it and try and help with uh, you know, maybe a behavior modification plan to try Very and nice. aid with the separation anxiety. Good stuff. And that gold retriever happened to have a food allergy, mate. Is there any suggestions you could give for that? Well, I tell you what, you know, if, 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 I, I hope that if it does have a food allergy, that the owners have a bit of a think into the novel protein diets available from Delicate Care. Uh, kangaroo and duck diet, their sensitive skin and stomach. Um, what a great Australian-made, Australian-owned uh, product. Uh, all all uh, components of the diet that can be sourced from Australia are sourced from Australia, so they can track where those uh, materials mm. have come from. Um, yeah, what a what they a, what keep a, a sample product. of every sample of every batch. I think you were saying in the warehouse, which is incredible. So absolutely, so they could always trace back any any sort of issues that that, that, that might come about. They can always trace it back. So yeah, great and food, it, delicate, highly recommend it. And, and can I can I also make a comment on Cherish as well, Lewis? Because Rosie's now, now Rosie's been off her chemo for a couple of weeks. We've now got her onto the Cherish. And I tell you what, it is. I was out there picking up the uh, the thirty six poos that Rosie's done in the last four days, and that's not just because she's on cherish. She does that when she's on anything. I, I think she does. It's 36. low residue. The cherish, just so everyone knows. Normally she does. Normally she does eighty poos, but it's down to thirty six. And a and good I tell number. you what, were they easy to scoop up with a poo scooper or what? I tell you, they were. I'm not going to say it was a pleasurable experience, Lewis, but there was much less smearing. On the on the poo scooper than what there has been with other diets. So Cherish is the is another brand that comes from the good people at Delicate Care. Very nice, and there'll be more poo talk later in the podcast for those enjoying their brunch. This yes, morning. absolutely, yes. absolutely. And those, if you want to get on a Patreon and support us too, maybe you know you uh, for the for the price of your coffee with your brunch, uh, yes. you can you can support us a month, and we'll send you out a we'll send you out a sticker, maybe yes, I'll maybe a t-shirt. I go and st- steal it from Rose out in the out in the park. <laughs> yeah, take it off. <laughs> just slap it on the back and then take it off again. Just like you did at the the charity ball, mate, where you took them back off the table. Anyway, so also thank hey, you. Yeah, otherwise, they, they would have only gone up in the fire that happened at the San Remo ballroom anyway. So yeah, you know, I was just, just trying just trying to save our merch from from burning. <laughs> so, All right, mate. Anything yeah. in the news you got this week? Yeah, so uh, this is one that, um, that that came across the desk last week. That I um, uh, so Ruben Ruben loves pandas. You know, I think it's just the, the, the fact that they're big and cuddly, and they like to sit down and do nothing other than eat. So he feels a, a great affinity to to China's great pandas. So much so that he's actually got an Udi. He's Udi's got pandas on there as uh, well. So, did you get a glimpse of that on the screen earlier? He walked past. Yes. Oh, did he? Yes. yes yeah. All yeah. Udi'd up. Yeah. Sometimes yes. it's been very difficult actually trying to extract him out of it. How the thing yeah. still hasn't, I think it's, I think it's more, uh, more skin cells than panda at the moment. So, but um, uh, on the 3rd of August, which just happened to be Ruben's birthday, there was a story that was posted of giant panda in French zoo gives birth to lively twin girls. Oof. Wow. So, um, so a giant panda on loan to France from China gave birth to female twin cubs early on Monday, a French zoo announced, declaring that they are very lively, pink and plump. The Beauvel Zoo, south of Paris, said the twins were born shortly after 1am. Uh, the mother, Juan Juan, and her father, Juan Z, are one at... Two. Oh, sorry, Juan Juan, Juan Two. Uh, Juan Juan and Juan Z. That's better. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. One, one, one and one, two. Is that what it is? One, 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 two. Yeah, probably. 
Just nice. num- numbers on their e-tags. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Um, they're at Bellevue on a 10-year loan from China aimed at, at highlighting good ties with France. So that's the interesting thing here is that uh, you, you zoom down to the bottom of the article. Um, China for decades gifted friendly nations with its unofficial national mascot in what was known as panda diplomacy. Oh, panda diplomacy. Panda diplomacy. Wow. Um, so they've... Um, so the Not a pandemic. Not a pandemic. No, 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 no. There's been, been very little pandemics. But they didn't so, gift that to France as well, the pandemic. Pandemic. No, no, no. They no, gift no. that to the world. Yeah, yeah. They, they just left the D out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no talk here on whether or not the pandas have been, you know, enjoyed different types of soups. Um, uh, veterinarians carried out artificial insemination to have as much chance as possible to see a pregnancy because, as we all know, pandas just want to sit around and eat bamboo and not actually get get the job done. They're so, not well known for their fecundity, are they? No, 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 no. More, more big and fluffy and not really not really do much else. Um, now, have you ever seen a picture of a baby panda? I think I might have. Looks like yeah. a little rat. Well, the thing that a I pinky. found... A little bit. The thing that I found amazing and the reason why I wanted to talk about it is just how much they look like little puppy, um, you know, baby puppies and baby ah, kittens. Yeah, you know, right. It's, it's amazing that, you know, uh, and like to see the picture and, you know, um, uh, listeners will, you know, if you search for um, you know, baby pandas in France, you'll, you'll find it. There's a picture of the mum, big, huge, giant panda, and there's this tiny, tiny, it looked like the size of like a 50-cent piece just poking out from its arms. Um, and like, there's a video of where one of them, uh, like one of them's having a little bit, a bit of a breastfeed and the mother picked it up and, um, and Christine said, Oh, what's it doing now? I said, Oh, it's eating the baby. It's what? <laughs> no, no, it's just baby. moving it. Christina, you know what mothers are, you know, you did the same thing in the kitchen. You lift it's what? It's what? what? Um, but it was, it's just amazing how young animals. And so obviously it's a pretty, you know, um, yeah, like like puppies and kittens when they come out, they're not they're not able to stand up and move around like foals and calves and and giraffes that have to be big enough to be able to run away from an apex predator pretty quickly. Um, it's just amazing just how similar the babies look when they come out. Yeah, right. Wow, yeah. there you go. Ah, oh, very good, mate. So there you go, baby. Good pan. stuff. Fantastic. This is an article I got um, from uh, written by Jen Summerfield. Uh, entitled "Show Me the Money." Show I me thought, the money, Jerry. I this is this is a uh, right up, it. right up our alley, mate. Show me the money, isn't it? We're, oh, uh, we're all about that. That that that, should, that could have been a question I could have put in the uh, you know, in the in the quiz. Yes, you know? and if yeah. you listen to the podcast, that's that would have spoiled it. <sighs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no nobody forgot this is the podcast. Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> that's probably true from my work as well. So this is why your dog doesn't listen unless you're holding food. Oh, hello. Yes, I like and, it. And this is a really common thing, I reckon. A lot of people say, you know, they've got a they've got a dog and go, oh, yeah, he just won't sit if he doesn't know I'm not holding a treat or, you know, yeah. he's a, he, he uh, you know, and it's a common thing. Oh, look, uh, you know, um, treat reward-based training doesn't work because you have to have a treat. If you haven't got a treat, the dog just just won't won't just sit. Ignores you. Um, and it's a common thing online. You know, people sort of say, "Ah, oh, it's rubbish." You know, it just does just doesn't sort of work. And so this article is a little bit sort of addresses that. Um, the first thing they say, um, 
let me say I can absolutely sympathise with the frustration many many dog owners feel about this. It's uh, they're sort of saying, you know, you take your dog to dog training class and they do the weekly classes mm. and and you got in class with the piece of cheese in your hand and they're like, yep, sure, I'll sit, no worries at all. Um, but then you um, but then you go home and you tell them to sit and you haven't got a treat and they go, ah, no way, yeah. no way, buddy, show me the money. Yes. But they say it's pretty easy to fix. Oh, good. So, so often the progression of training a skill like sit goes something like this. We use a treat to lure the dog into a sitting position. So you raise the treat up over their nose yep. or, or back over the back of their body a little bit. You praise them. Good, good buster. Good, good Rosie. And you give them the treat. So far, so good. In class, hot dog slices, piece of chicken. Dog sits beautifully. Yes. The dog knows the behavior, right? Time to start using it in daily life. So then you start asking the dog to sit at random t- times. No treats outside, around the house. And the dog just ignores you, but put them in class. They still they sit do it again. really well. Yes. So what's happening here? So in fact, when we approach training this way, we inadvertently teach our dogs that it only pays to listen if they see the treats up front. They're not being stubborn or willful. They're just clever. They just know hey, if I'm in class, yes. you're treating your hand, bang, yep. show me the money. So the first scenario they talk about, you got to look from the dog's perspective. Right. So mum mum has the treat in her hand. She says, sit. Dog sits, gets a reward. Boom. Works. Boom. Done. Scenario two. No treats visible. Mum says, sit. Dog sits, gets nothing. Goes, ooh, not doing that again. Yeah. That's, that's not that's not working. I'm onto this. So they, they learn basically, yeah, if there are no treats visible, I don't get a reward. So what, do you, what can you do about this? Well, basically they're saying that you're skipping a cri- critical step in the process. Teaching the dog that you need to teach the dog that there is a reward available, even if they can't see it. Aha! Hide the reward. So that's right. So what you do is you lure the dog to train this. You lure the dog with a hand signal. Yep. Without, you know, with a treat in your pocket, treat in your bag, treat sitting in a little container around the house somewhere. uh, And then keep luring them, keep encouraging them. When they do sit, then you reach into your bag. You might say good dog, good, uh, you know, you reach into your bag and then give the treat from your pocket or your bag. Yeah. And then like the magic of the treat appears. Yes. So the idea of that is that then now you're treating the, to, uh, teaching the dog that uh, sort of in any context, there's a possibility of getting a treat, not just when it's in your hand. Yes. But then also what you might do after that is actually start randomly, intermittently feeding treats to the yes. dog. So you might get the dog to sit. Once, then you you say good dog, and then you walk away. Yep. And then the second time, you 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 give them a food reward for the sit, and then the fourth time, and then the fifth time, and what it is is like a kind of like a poker machine, I call it. So in the <laughs> oh, olden yes. in the olden days, yeah, you used to sit and pull a handle on the poker machine, one arm bandit. That's right, and you and and part of the addictive nature of it was you wouldn't win a reward every time because yes. if you, if you if you had a poker machine and you pulled the handle and you won every single time you pulled the handle, you'd be filthy rich. Yeah. Okay. Show me the money. <laughs> yeah, sure. That'd be given, but you would eventually become bored of it. Yes. And the idea if, that, that makes them so addictive is you don't know when that reward's coming. And so that's yeah, what we can right. do with our dogs. We can initially do the, lots of rewards, you know, with the treat hidden, yep. lots of rewards, teaching that. And then you start doing it intermittently. And what that means is then the dog's are like, 
a bit more, even teaches them a bit more that I, I really need to sit because I'm just not sure is this one's going to give it yes. or is it the next one? And also does teach them that there are times when you may not have that reward in your pocket or in your handbag or uh, or in your man purse, Robbie. He might yes, not have yep, a reward yep, for yep. Rosie. At the one of those park. little one of those little fanny packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I've got yeah. it in there with my with my stickers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's right. Your business card. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and then and then you get that you can give the reward and give them the praise and the pat, and they'll still see the reward and they'll still do what what you asked to do. So. I thought that was just an interesting little point that it's a lot of things that people do say that, you know, yep, I forgot to, you only listen to when I've got a treat in my hand, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I reckon in a consult room, I can do it with a little puppy within 15 minute consult. I can have them sitting, you know, yep. for intermittent rewards quite quickly. So, yes, but yeah, yep. given I don't have a lot of the backstory behind me, you know, they've never met before they're coming in yep. and all the rules are new. Yes, and I yep. set the rules and I'm very consistent. I know, you know what I'm going to do and I'm only going to reward you when you are. Your bum is on the ground and, you know, and you're only going to get that, that peanut butter on the floor when you, the bottom is on the ground or you're not yes, jumping yep. all over me. So, so it is, it, we have got an advantage in that sort of sense, but certainly at home you can do it and just take your time. Don't rush it. Take your time. Lots of, lots of training and, and they'll get it. And I guess the, the thing there too as well is that it's much easier to try and get them to get it when there's less distractions as well. You know, like, oh, yeah, you know, like I always say to people, you know, the, the time to – there's no point trying to teach a dog recall when you're at the off-leg dog park and there's 30 other dogs running around, <laughs> you know, because nah. because you are not the most fun thing that is in the in that dog's field of vision. So it's the same with the sitting and getting them to, to listen and expect as to whether or not there's going to be that treat there or not get control with them at home and then start to do it as you're walking down the street. And there's a few more distractions, get them to start doing it when you're at the off leg dog park. Once you, you know, so you start to build up, build up, build up that, uh, that, that level of, I guess, uh, expectation that the dogs have and also attention that they're paying their owner. Yeah. Oh, you got to have the background too training in there as well before you had too many distractions. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So there you go. I thought that was just an interesting little article. I just uh, always wondered a bit myself and now I've got now I know exactly. And so do the listeners too. Excellent. There well done. Well done. All righty. Now we got, um, we move on to disclaimer. Or you got one more. No, it sounds good. All advice on this show is generally in nature. So please consult your veterinarian before following advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification or if you want to see if Lewis has any liver treats in his pocket for you. Well, interesting as well to follow on from that story. There's uh, This week came out a position statement. Oh, yeah, from this, the American Veterinary Society of Animal Behaviour, of which okay. I am I'm a member. And uh, it's a really good organisation. If you're, if you're a vet out there and you've got any interest in, or even I think they actually don't, no, no, that would be only vets. Um, certainly, uh, uh, no, actually, scrap that. I don't think I'm a member, but because uh, it's all <laughs> specialists. But anyway, they put out a position statement. I think it was the wrong group. Anyway, so you can go to www.avsab.com. Org and check out this position statement that they released on humane dog training. So oh, okay. very, yes. very similar to what we sort of talking about using food rewards. Yes. Um, but it's a great little statement, just summing up what they consider to be humane dog training. The American Veterinary Society of Animal Behavior um, is um, a group that um, no, actually, I'm a member of it. Oh, I'm getting very confused. It's a group of put out and have a look. You know, Worth yeah. Rewards card, <laughs> Port Melbourne Library. You know, I have Sab. 
Coffee card. Yeah, you know, coffee card. Coffee you know, card auto never... tune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, oh, there you... it is. Absab. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I was pretty sure. Actually, I have a member. Anyway, go to absab.org. Uh, I'm right up with it today. But it's a, it's a great little statement. And it's um what I really love about it, it just summarizes the different, you know, obviously there are two schools, main schools of thought of um of of dog training. There's the um know the school of uh evidence-based science-based uh humane based dog training yeah and then there's other people yeah and, and that's and, really and, it and, and which one are you a, a proponent of lewis well i'm a member of absab <laughs> well there you go so, so, so i mean so i'm into humane dog training mate so the um the article this is i'll read a little bit from the position position statements because it's got some really good stuff in it so uh, Avsab promotes interactions with animals based on comash, compassion, respect, and scientific evidence. So there you go. Yeah, Def- I'm a, a member of that. I'll yeah, sign yeah. up to that. Sign yeah, me up. That they'd have that in the little circle around the Avsab logo, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. You'd oh, have you'd right. have the T-shirt. You know, when, when you when you join up with your membership. Oh no, mate! It's not too much torpedoes where you get a free sticker and a T-shirt. No, mate. You just pay money and they send you. a... A position statement. Yeah. I don't know what they get. And, and a card for the wallet. Yeah, I think so. I don't think I've got that. That's why I'm not sure if I remember, but I'm pretty sure I am. Research supports the efficacy of reward-based training to address unwanted and challenging behaviours. There is no evidence that aversive training is necessary for dog training or behaviour modification. So aversive training is yep. the other stuff that, yes. that we talked about. It's using punishment. So yeah. it's using citronella um, collars, electric collars, choker chains. Um, often, often pain, pain, pain-based techniques yep. that are not humane. So you know, uh, there's some uh, a classic example is a certain uh, certain TV dog trainer that yes. uh, that um, maybe related to a certain type of salad that you can get. Yes. Uh, he's all about uh, these non-scientific, uh, that lack compassion and respect training, yes. shall we say. But they so look a lot better on TV, he reckons. Um, is oh, there anything yeah. in there about pinching and tickling? Is pinching and tickling seen as being humane or inhumane? Well, mate, look, I, you know, it's good to, good to bring it up, but I, you know, let's not delve into the, the the Parkdale boudoir of you, you and Christine, <laughs> mate, and, and your uh, whether or not it's aversive or it's a bit of both, mate. But uh, slapping a tickle, look, I, I don't really know where you, you know, where you stand on that. Do we want to get Christine in to have a, you know, just to just to give a second opinion? Just, we'll just t- turn the ring light down low and see what happens. You reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Reward-based techniques should be used for teaching common training skills as well as to address unwanted behaviours. The application of aversive methods, which by definition rely on application of force, pain, emotional or physical discomfort, should not be used in canine training or for the treatment of behavioural disorders. Training methods are most effective when they focus on teaching the animal what to do rather than punish them for unwanted behaviours. Common training issues such as jumping, barking, and house training, toilet training, training. can be managed by arranging the environment appropriately and reinforcing desirable responses. More serious behavior concerns such as aggression, anxiety, and fear require a treatment plan that includes environmental management, behavior modification, and in some cases, medication. Mm. 
Environmental conditions that drive the behavior should be addressed and the dog should be set up to make appropriate responses. Management can include avoiding situations that lead to the unwanted behavior and ensuring the safety of all involved. Many methods of changing behavior in dogs are effective. So interesting point there. Many methods of changing behavior in dogs are effective. Mm. And yes, we do know that aversive training techniques are effective. Yes. They can work however the evidence-based veterinarian or behavior consultant or dog trainer should be concerned not just with what is effective but what does least harm and produces the best long-term results yes that's a key i really love that i really love that that's some fancy word work right there like that's 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 great many hours us members yes into Put into uh, to to really nutting the, the language. out, yes, nutting out, and, and, and just a piece of plasticine into molding it into a fantastic paragraph that that um that I had a big input to as being a member. I think, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah, current literature on dog training methods shows a clear advantage of reward based methods over aversive based methods with respect to immediate and long term welfare, training effectiveness and the dog-human relationship. And it was interesting this week, I, um, I had a behavior consult with a, uh, with a client who, um, who'd been to see a, tr- dog, a local dog trainer that's very well-known to me, very well-known to the area, yeah. very old, right. very expensive, very well re- recommended, but very much out of date. Okay, right. Yes. I think we all know those sorts of dog trainers. A Daryl um, Summers style dog trainer. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> He's throwing shade on old Daryl. He's making a comeback. Doesn't, right? He doesn't listen hey. to the show. Wow! Wow! He'll be right. And the interesting thing, the owner said to me, "Oh, you know, I'm using a using a um a choker chain or a check chain on the dog for when it's walking him. You know, I was recommended by this uh this certain dog trainer who I won't name because our yep. legal our legal department's been exhausted this exhausted. year already. So yep. much hard work. And, and the uh, the owner said he the this dog trainer said that uh, when he pulled out the choker chain, sixty to seventy percent of vets will disagree with me about using one of these. And of course, I was like, oh, you know." As a, as a, you know, perhaps a vet in my younger years, I would have got my back up and gone, Oh, that's how dare he put us, throw yeah. some shade on us vets. And oh, how that's not. And I said to him, I said to Anna, I said, Look, yeah, I, I reckon he's lowballing us, mate. I, I think we're looking at probably 90 to 100% of vets don't yes, recommend yeah. choker chains or check collars anymore. And the guy was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Okay. I've got, <laughs> I think he needs to just bring his little evidence-based medicine up to date and get those figures, those stats. Yes. Get yeah. them sorted out. 2020 the choker- numbers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's totally how it should be today. You know, um, certainly years ago, we all recommended choker chains because we didn't know the evidence. Didn't know any better. Yeah. So then it goes on to talk about the detrimental effects on animal welfare of using aversive methods. So there's the acute effects. So the effects you see instantly Uh, in observational studies, dogs trained with aversive methods or tools or tools. So that's uh, choker chains. um, uh, uh, Not Elizabeth, the collar, shot collars. um, And also the the prong collars as well as another aversive method. We don't tend to see a lot of those in Australia, but it's big overseas. Um, Shows So dogs trained with aversive methods or tools showed stress-related behaviors during training, including tense body, 
lower body posture, lip licking, which we know is associated with anxiety, tail lowering, lifting front legs, panting, yawning, yes, associated with anxiety, and interestingly, yelping. Oh, we think if your dog yelp, you know, that's definitely hurting, yeah, hurting, hurting your pet. Dogs trained with reward-based methods show increased attentiveness to their owners. And they, they list references with all these studies. So if you really, you're listening and you want to know more about this, you can download the position statement, um, go onto the AVSAB website um, that I'm a member of. Yes, yeah, look, enter, for, look enter, for Lewis in the membership. Yeah, yeah membership. enter yeah, Lewis Kirkham. <laughs> I'm sure I'm there. Down, go down to K for Kirkham. <laughs> uh, and then it talks about long-term effects. Uh, survey studies have shown an association between the use of aversive training methods and long-term behavior problems, including aggression behavior towards people and other dogs and anxiety behaviors, such as avoidance and excitability. Yeah. Several studies show the effect of aversive training persists beyond the time of training. After dogs learned a cue taught using aversive training methods, they continued to show stress-related behaviors when the cue was presented, suggesting the cue itself had now become aversive. Yes. Um, and then they also look at training effectiveness. The training effect is what is a humane-based method that, that is effective. Reward-based training methods have been shown to be more effective than aversive methods. Multiple survey studies have shown higher obedience in dogs trained with reward-based methods. Hibby et al. in 2004 found that obedience levels were highest for dogs trained exclusively with reward-based methods and lowest for dogs trained exclusively with aversive-based methods. Dogs trained, and I think this might have been an article we've discussed on the podcast, dogs trained with a combination of rewards and aversive-based methods often reverts to referred to as balanced. Balanced? We have spoken about balance before. In the dog training industry. It basically means, yeah, we use punishment. We use aversive yeah. methods, but then we might give a treat every now and then too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stick, 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 carrot. Yeah. Exactly. So this one looked at the balance training um, and they found they produced lower obedience levels than reward-based exclusively, but even, but that was again, better than exclusively aversive-based training methods. So yeah. top of the list was reward-based, then you're balanced, then bottom of the list is, is aversive-based. Aversive-based training has shown to impair dogs' ability to learn new tasks. And then it goes to talk a little bit about uh, shock collars. Recall training is the most common reason dog owners use remote electronic shock collars. Even in the hands of experienced trainers, no difference in the effectiveness was found between remote electronic shock collars versus reward-based methods for teaching recall and stop. Um, and then I've lost where it goes from there. Uh, uh, in dogs with a history of off of off-leash behavior problems, so running away from the owner, not returning from recall, found no difference in the proportion of disobeyed cues between dogs trained with electronic shock collars by a manufactured nominated trainers compared with reward-based training. And this was actually an article we looked at. It was China et al. 2020. We've talked about this as well. So, so the fact that they think that shock collars help with recall, it actually doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. Dogs trained with reward-based methods in this study had a shorter delay before responding than the group trained with electronic shock collars. And finally, also look at the effects on the dog-human relationship, which is what we're all about. We That's have the whole dogs. reason why we have them. Yep. Exactly. To have that wonderful human-animal bond. Reward-based methods promote a strong positive bond between dog and owner. Rowan and Cooney in 2011 uh, found that dogs trained using physical punishment were less likely to interact with their owners during play. Um, 
and that they were more likely to play in front of their owners if they were using reward reward based training as well. So there's lots of different reasons. Um, yes. And then, so then in conclusion, based on current scientific evidence, AVSAB, of which Dr. Kirk yes. is a member, recommends that only reward-based training methods are used for all dog training, including the treatment of behavior problems. Aversive training methods have a damaging effect on both animal welfare and the human-animal bond. There is no evidence that aversive methods are more effective than reward-based methods in any context. AVSAB therefore advised that aversive methods should not be used in animal training or for the treatment of behavior disorders. Yes. So there you go. So look, I actually highly recommend everyone to, um, to uh, go to AVSAB and, and join up. Become yes, a absolutely. Yeah, pay up and like I. Get, the, get your card, get sure. your sticker, get your T-shirt. Yeah, um, yeah pay it up and proud, pretty sure. I've, I've actually written that down because that, that, uh, I, was, I was thinking about it while you were saying it. You know, we've had um, a, a few clients that come in that, you know, you don't want to um, make generalisations, but they're often people that have got like German shepherds and it's, oh, I've had shepherds all my life yeah. and they come in and the, and the, the, the shepherd is, or you already see that it's getting a bit, you know, a bit sort of, you know, antsy and a bit jumpy and things. And that the owner just raises, it, no, shoot, mm. like that's, you know, th- th- that's not helping, you know, it's not helping. Oh, but I'm, no. Yeah. So I want to make sure so I might actually, you know, do a little, do a little thing that it shows that this does happen. So at least then at least I feel better for myself to say, look, here it is, have a read of this. You know, you're much better off just, using reward-based things for the behavior that you want and ignoring the behavior that you don't want because what this sort of stuff is shown that it doesn't work and it yeah. makes them worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And I, it's, it's really hard, mate. Like I, I have a lot of, on a, on a daily basis, I really battle with, um, you know, uh, owners that, that are really strong in their beliefs about their type of training method. Um, and, and even if I do a behavior consult with them where, you know, um, I'm spending a period of time, um, you know, ch- chatting about everything that they're doing with their pet, it's, it's often only then that I can very gently walk them around to go, well, I think the, the reason this is happening is because you're doing this and because of this yeah. and and this is not helping and this is making it worse. Oh, no, but the dog trainees, he was fantastic. He really came out and he he was, he was you know, knew what was going on. And, and it's, a, it's a difficult problem. And, and, and I just hope over time, um, you know, the people that um, – that perhaps sort of recommend that stuff will fade into the background and this evidence evidence based stuff will um will just keep increasing of it. The thing is, you know, I, I'm on Facebook, mate, and, and I go on a Facebook and all the feed all my feeds full of positive reinforced, you know, behavior uh, you know, yes. uh, training and that sort of thing. And and I'm thinking the world, my whole world, it's all about it's wonderful. Everything's it's all about it's all about reinforcement. Yeah. But you know, probably if I started looking for all the other stuff, the whole my whole world would become negative. Yeah, you know, not negative. We become aversive punishment based. Yeah. So it's the old it's old Facebook uh, algorithm. I think working in real life that if you surround yourself with um with people who who follow those methods, it's often often rubs off, off onto you. I think maybe in, as a in the interest of balance, you need to come up with a uh, a Facebook pseudonym. Yes. Like maybe 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 um Kuwis Lurkham or something like that, <laughs> and then you just look at all look at all the you know, like Caesar Milan's videos and things like that, so you can see what's happening on the dark side. Like like Led Tasso, 
Ted you, Tasso. Are you, are you watching Ted Lasso, mate, at all? I am watching Ted Lasso. Yeah, I, is that where you got it from? Lead Tasso? Yeah. He's come I, out. He's got a bit angry. God, <laughs> oh, kicking over tables. And, you know, <laughs> how long was I out for? You know, um, <laughs> it, it, um, yes. I, I started watching it because I bought a new phone, you know, and so I had uh, I um, uh, Apple TV and a, a couple of shows I listened to were talking about it. And I watched the first couple of episodes and I go, oh, yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know if it's for me. And then I watched out the whole season. And then when I got to him, I go, I actually really like this. Yeah, it was yeah, really and good. And now that the new season started, I was like, oh, I actually really, really like this. Yeah, I really like the characters. I think it's really good. It's a good, fun show. It's got some good, like, uh, messages in it. It's a bit like a uh, community. It's got some, you know, it's got some messages that are that are very relevant to today's society, I think. So, no, I'm yes. enjoying it too, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, there you go. So, there's... Uh, there's a recommendation for a um, for a membership to join and a TV show to watch to stream. So, <laughs> what more could you want from TV Talk Pets? Oh no! How about a letter? Should we? Uh, yeah, could, oh. could we, could we have a letter as well? Uh, do you reckon someone would mail us a letter? Oh, why not? How'd where we... would where would we mail? Where would they mail it to? Oh, Waverley Animal Clinic. Oh, they could they could they could email they could send a snail mailer to the Waverley Animal Hospital. Yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, Waverley Road, Mount Waverley in Victoria. If you send us a letter, Robbie will send out a sticker. Absolutely. No, I'll send out a sticker. If, 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 we, if somebody actually at, you know, wrote <laughs> us a letter, you know, and, and send it, that would be awesome. How good would Wouldn't that, that be? Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be, that'd be really old school, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can email us too, twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get those as well. And we are we are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, what else are you on, mate? You know, any, any other ones? Uh uh, no, uh, no, Telegram, Robbie's on Telegram. That's it. Telegram. Telegram. Is yeah, that, is that yeah. another new one? Gee, is it yeah. There's a new, there's a new thing coming on. Yeah. Telegram's a, um, and Anon. Robbie's on Anon. Oh, Anon. Q and all these, Yeah. All yeah. These, I keep yeah. getting all these. No, no, not Q and on. No, no. No, Anon's that one that police set up and they call all those people. And, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, you're on, you're not on that one. No. No. If anyone's no, no, listening, no, no, Robbie's not on Not anymore. Not anymore. No, 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 no. My phone's not working from that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your new phone you got. That's what I thought. The, mate. the, ser- the server went down. So I don't know what's going on now. Now I've just got to go go and do the old Walter White burner ones, like what I always used to. <laughs> Very nice. All right, guys. I reckon that's a wrap. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. All right, guys. Scratch you later. Peace out, mate. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.